course, challenging times for those uh, those people who experience homelessness and poverty these days. There's the bitter cold weather. There's not enough shelter spaces. And for one organization that just a couple of weeks ago announced a plan to continue to build and move into a new facility after getting the green light from the city, well, they had that plan overturned. Boyle Street Community Services then started receiving some pretty awful phone calls that police are now investigating. Elliot Tanti is the head of communications at Boyle Street Community Services. He joins us this afternoon. Hi, Elliot. Welcome back to the show. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. I wish it was under better circumstances. Yeah, me too. There's there's a lot on 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 the shoulders of of folks who are who are working with um, those who experience um, houselessness. Right Right now there's there's a lot going on isn't there yeah I mean we continue to have a massive infrastructure deficit in the in our sector so the people that we serve don't have the appropriate resources that they need uh, we're dealing with an ongoing uh, mental health crisis which includes an uh, opioid uh, mm-hmm. poisoning problem and uh, and you know it's uh, all on top of that it's minus 28 with wind chill as you mm-hmm. just said so it's just it seems to be one thing after another right now Elliot let's start with that cold <laughs> weather what does uh, Boyle Street, what is Boyle Street and other organizations doing right now uh, to keep people safe from this, uh, from the elements? Yeah, so the City of Edmonton has uh, activated its uh, uh, extreme weather response, and so we're part of that. Uh, we've got a, a bus that's available and coming online that will be providing supports to people. We've extended our hours as an organization mm-hmm. so that people always have a place to go, and we're available uh, seven days a week. But it also means that we're able to provide uh, those really life-saving health services uh, more effectively uh, when they're really needed most. Elliot, we know that the city just approved $7.5 million for over 200 beds at a west side motel to help bridge the gap when it comes to beds but we know it's not going to help right now at this moment what happens uh, when there isn't enough shelter space like there is right now in this wicked cold well, you know, I think it's important to note that, you know, as of right now, not all the shelter space is being used, okay. but it is going to fill up very quickly. And you're right, this is an incredibly dangerous time for the people that we serve. You know, at Bowl Street, we say these are the days that take years off the lives of the people that we serve. They are in constant fight mode as it is, and now they've got this added element where it's really dangerous for them to be outside for much longer than 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. We know that frostbite can set in in those circumstances, and so it's incredibly dangerous. So those shelter spaces, that are being funded by the city and the province are desperately needed and required. Um, but, you know, what I really wish was that there was adequate infrastructure in the city to help people break the cycle of poverty mm-hmm. so we didn't need to be finding uh, an emergency solution well, every every winter. Well, and, and that's it. And, you know, every time I've had the conversation and people are losing their minds, you know, $7.5 million for 210 rooms, and then they do the, the, the math calculations on that and go, that, that seems really expensive. There's better ways of doing this, and we know that there's better ways of doing this and and better ways to take that money but the city is really between the rock a rock and a hard place right now and um, saying okay well this is what we have to do to uh, save lives this winter so I agree with you we need to look at better ways of doing this and we need to get some long-term you know affordable housing transitional housing wraparound services all of that in place um, and, and it's going to be way more cost effective as well and I I think that that's what people need to realize. 
Well, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And it's why our project, the King Thunderbird uh, Center in downtown Edmonton, is so critically needed. This is a purpose-built facility, a beautiful building, a building designed with uh, Indigenous culture and intent uh, that will help people get off the streets. And, and it's, it's the type of infrastructure spending that we need to be doing because it, it's going to lead to what our goal is as an organization, which is ending chronic homelessness. So, so Elliot, I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, there was a big you know ceremony the 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 name the king thunderbird it was it was released you know everyone came together there was cheering okay we're going to do this it's going to get done look like and and the city at the time had given the thumbs up move ahead with it but uh we know that everything has come to a screeching screeching halt because uh, edmonton subdivision and development and appeal board revoked the permit saying the proposed development doesn't conform with the use prescribed for the facility what now well, I just want to start by saying we completely disagree with the decision, and the decision is is, is very disappointing. Uh, if this was an issue about uses, you know, I would note that the uses that are permitted in this new facility are the exact uses that we use in our current facility. Uh, and so we, you know, it was clear that uh, while the uh, SDAB board didn't agree with that, you know, uh, there seems to be some some inconsistency in that. Uh, as an organization, we're a resilient organization, as you know, we've been around for 51 years. You have to be when you're in this business uh, and this is just yet another challenge for us to overcome we've done this we, we've been through this many times before uh, you know we know that uh, these services are vitally needed it's incumbent on our organization if we if we, we truly subscribe to our mission of ending chronic homelessness we need to push forward with this project at this location because it's the right time and so we'll continue to do that and with the decision this problematic it leaves us a multitude of different avenues to move forward Elliot Tanti from Boyle Street Community Services joining me this afternoon so we know that uh, in the, in, uh, in the last hearing that a number of uh, opponents of the project, uh, they included uh, the Chinatown and Area Business Association, the Chinese Benevolent Association, parents of children over at uh, Victoria School of the Arts. We know that there's business owners, community groups in the Macaulay area saying, hey, you know what, the community's already at a tipping point that uh, there's, because of the high concentration of social services in the area, they're saying kind of enough is enough. What do you say to that? Well, I think there's two things I would note. One, I would say that Bull Street Community Services already exists in the community. We've been in the community for 51 years. Mm. This new facility is just two blocks yeah. uh, from our current facility. And so, you know, any of the impacts that it would have would be completely, you know, are similar to, to what we're doing right now. But, but what we know is that because of the current infrastructure of our building, our building is literally crumbling. Yeah. We're not able to provide the services that people need. So that's why they're seeing the impacts they see in the community. A new purpose-built facility that's beautiful, that's designed to support people that are experiencing poverty and homelessness in our community is actually going to vastly improve the situation on these streets. And to argue anything otherwise, uh, you know, would just be, it doesn't make any sense so, given- uh, Elliot, how, how will do. that building improve? Because that's what people want to know. I mean, it could be a nice, you know, nice shiny building. It can it can be all all that in a bag of chips. But how does it improve? Because that's what people want to see. So that's a great question. There's two things I would point to. There's a multitude of different ways, but there's two major ways. One is that our current facility is not accessible, and we all know how many people uh, are currently on the streets right now have some sort of physical ailment. And so, because they're unable to get into our building or access our building, uh, they're, they're not able to access services, and then they're not able to move forward in their lives. That's the big piece. 
piece. The second piece is we're moving away from a, a shopping mall approach where as people have to go to different service delivery hubs within one space. And instead, we're creating interdisciplinary teams that work together holistically, assessing every individual, getting to know their needs, and then you bringing to mental health worker, your housing worker, your ID services, uh, your, your, your income worker, all together in one to make sure that we're, we're surrounding the person with the care that we need. The science tells us that it works. We've, we've done micro examples of this in our own work and it's been successful. We know it will work. So the King Thunderbird Centre really would be one-stop shopping, everything in place. <laughs> Uh, almost, almost so, everything, not everything, but a lot. I would, I would call it personal, uh, personal assistance shopping. It's yeah. someone that comes there, assesses your needs, and then brings the services that you need to you in a meaningful uh, and, and acceptable way. And there's tons of benefits to this. So many of the people that we serve have experienced unbelievable and awful trauma in their lives. And one of the greatest barriers to accessing services is having to continually over and over again service provider to service provider tell those awful traumatic stories if you just have to tell that story once and then that worker knows that story mm-hmm. and is able to create a service plan uh, that 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 supports you in that you're so much more likely to one continue in the services but also move forward successfully El- this is the kind of work that we do is the innovative work that we do and that's what we're bringing to the king thunderbird center and and elia when we when we talk about uh, that work i mean you know addiction treatment mental health uh treatment opportunities for for those would be there as well Oh yes, absolutely, absolutely. This is a healthcare facility, ultimately. But when we look at healthcare, we look at it from a bunch of different angles. It's it's physical health, yeah. which of course we'll be doing. We have LPNs and NAs and emergency staff. Uh, mental health, that's a big piece. Uh, emotional health, obviously. But I think most importantly, and where we found the most success is our spiritual health. Yeah. Boyle Street offers services to a group of people, 75% of which are Indigenous. Indigeneity, Indigenous culture, ceremony, and practice are prevalent in not just specific programs but across all of our programs. Ceremony is a critical piece of the work that we do, and it's a critical piece in, in moving people forward to, to, to breaking the cycle of poverty and, and ultimately attaining the goals that they want. Before I let you go, I don't want to give a whole lot of um, attention to this, but I do want to bring it up because it's, uh, it's disgusting, um, and, and, I, and I, I want people to know that it has happened, but there's there, the Boyle Street's been getting some, some phone calls and, and really nasty phone calls that police are now investigating. Yeah, unfortunately, we received some disgusting and abhorrent calls, and uh, you know, immediately after the hearing, uh, to our main line, essentially, an individual uh, has made comments asking that uh, Indigenous people be removed from our our city, from our province. Uh, they're not worthy of their services, and uh, you know, this is essentially someone who's decided to go after the most vulnerable in our community mm. and go after a helping organization that supports them uh, to just really say some awful and hateful things, and it's. It's it's really unacceptable. It's unfortunate that like the 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 the, uh, the process the city process has been so divisive that someone felt that this was uh, uh, this was appropriate. All right. Uh, well, we'll continue to watch this and see what happens as as uh, Boyle Street continues to move forward and and see what happens next with the proposed King Thunderbird Center. Elliot, always appreciate your time. Thank you for this. Anytime, and happy to give an update whenever you'd like to have me. Awesome. Thanks, Elliot. Appreciate it. Take care now. Take care. All right.
right, Elliot Tanti from Boyle Street. So it's interesting because, you know, that uh, that building, again, it's just two blocks north of the current the Boyle Street facility. So, I mean, it's not really, it's not like it's moving 20 blocks away. It's not, it's in the same area, number one. Number two, 75% of the $28.5 million fundraising goal has been met already. And the new property purchased in a deal with the Oilers as well. The Oilers are part of that, uh, of that property deal.